Welcome to Word Mission Church International Podcast. Now the Word with Paul Mensa Wood. Hi, Lord, take your seats, please. And join me in welcoming our online audience as well as our television audience. And if you are ever in the Colorado Springs area, this is the place to be. God is here. God is at work in this place. And lives are being transformed and your life will be transformed as well. Amen. Wow. Thank God for Pastor Paul. I didn't see you do an awesome job last week. Yeah. My Lord and my God. If you missed that one, go get online and catch up. It's very packed, very loaded. And your, your life will not be the same. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. One time, um, Somebody came up here and they were sharing a testimony and they were, um, after that they said, wow, it's not easy to be up here. <laughs> it takes the grace and the mercy of God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, wow. So let's um, start praying um, and corporately we'll start doing that as well into the Malawi and Uganda um, missions trip. There will be a healing crusade and a pastor's conference. And in, Malaya, and in Uganda alone, 400 pastors in the pastor's conference to start with. So the crusade, they are expecting a lot of people. And then same for um, Malawi. So let's, let's pray. The Ugandans have already started and praying and fasting. The pastors said they have started and praying and fasting into it. So they are, they, they've got a little bit of a head start, but we'll catch up with them. Amen. <laughs> and they are very expectant. So we'll do that together as well. Um, Corporately with time. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But individually, you can actually start also. Amen. All right. Let's get into our Bible lesson this morning. Revelation chapter 2, from verse 1. He says, To the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you are fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. Amen. Now, is uh, the Revelation. This is a very, very key book in the Bible. It's one of those books that, even like on my, my, my Bible app, it stands when you're doing searches, it stands on, it, on its own. That in the book of Acts. It's one of those books. Very, very, very important in the Bible. Now, John, um, Jesus revealed himself to John and wrote this through him to seven churches. Now, John was... Um, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ and he at some point was in the church of Jerusalem and then later on he settled very close to when Jesus died um, very close to Ephesus especially also when the apostle Paul was 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 beheaded he took over the 
church at the Ephesian church and the oversight of the, all the churches in Asia. And the reason why he ended up uh, on the Isle of Patmos was the Domitian, the emperor, said he should recount his faith. And he said, no way, I'm not going to do it. So they put him in boiling oil to kill him. And there was an act that they used back then. And those Christians were under great persecution. And to their surprise, when they, they, they tried to get him out of the oil to look for his bones, the man was still alive. <laughs> they couldn't take him out. <laughs> and the people were so amazed at the miracle. The emperor was so amazed. Okay, well, let's put him on this island, Patmos, a very desolated area, and leave him out there. And while he was out there, he was scrounging around for things to sustain himself, and eventually he found a cave to settle in. And here is where he had a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And after 18 months, the emperor died, and then he moved back to Ephesus. My Lord and my God. So just, that's just the introduction. So no matter what you are going through, know that you are not alone. And in the midst of, the, of whatever you may be faced with, I pray in the name of Jesus, even as we go through these this, this letters to the churches, I pray in the name of Jesus, may you have an encounter with the resurrected Christ. May you have an encounter with the resurrected Christ. Because sometimes we go through difficulties and it might feel that you are alone. It might feel that, uh, I mean, you are alone in this. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I can assure you by the word of the living God that if you are a child of God, you are not alone. You are not alone. And in the midst of this, I pray in the name of Jesus, even as the psalmist of old prayed and said, Oh Lord, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things out of your law. I pray in the name of Jesus, may God open your eyes to see wondrous things out of his law. Amen. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So he starts in Revelations and he says that, look, I'm, I'm your companion in tribulations. You are not alone. I know you are going through difficulties, but I am also going through a difficult times and we are companions in this. But in the midst of this, Jesus has appeared to me and he has a message for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. No matter what you are faced with, Jesus has a message for you. And then in Revelation chapter 1, you see him talking about Jesus. He sees the exalted Christ and one of the things that he, he says that in, in, verse, in verse 16, Revelation chapter 1, verse 16, he says, He has in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a two-sub-edged sword, and his countenance was like the shining star, the shining sun, sun shining in his strength. And you notice he says, I saw seven golden lampstands, verse 12, and in the midst of the lampstand, one was the like, like the son of man who clothed with a garment down to the feet and gathered about the chest with a golden band. Now, and you see him later on, he's walking along in the midst of those seven lampstands. Now, the verse 20 says, the mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands which you saw are the seven churches. Now, and he says to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right. You, you see, uh, even though he, for all these letters, there's a common theme that we find in all these letters. And we'll find that 
First, there is a description of the character of Christ. Then two, you find commendation. And then three, you find condemnation. You condemn the, some of the acts that they are doing that are not right. And then he will correct them and then he will challenge them. The lampstands are the, the seven churches. And you call them golden. You see, so all these churches, they had their issues. But in the midst of it, he calls them golden. That means that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is very precious to him. And you are part of the church. You are very precious to the Lord Jesus Christ as well. <laughs> the church is the best thing that he has on the earth right now. And as a matter of fact, when the church gets out of here, it's not going to be fun being here. So don't plan on being here. When the church gets out of here, it's going to be, you think it's chaotic, it's going to get worse. <laughs> so plan to get out of here when the church, if, if you're alive when Jesus Christ comes. But he's walking in the midst of the churches. And he says, I hold these stars, these pastors. The, ink, the word translated for angel is a messenger. And he was writing to the pastors of the church. They are stars in my hand. I have the church in my grave. Make no mistake. And he has you in his grave as well. So, he says to the angel of the church of Ephesus, right. Now, to understand Ephesus, please put up the map. You have to understand the reason why he puts this church first. Now, the apostle Paul had gone there and, I mean, through mighty deeds and miracles, this church had been established. Now, Ephesus was a very strategic location. And if you see the letters, if Ephesus, Semina, if you read the letters, it's written in that order like that. Ephesus, Semina, Pergamum, Teratera, Sardis, Philadelphia. It's like a mail route. Jesus knows what he's doing. So he starts with that church of Ephesus. It was a very strategic church, the largest in that area. And out of that city, it planted all these other churches. And I mean, the trade routes also went through Ephesus. So when he's writing, he starts with the church of Ephesus. Whatever goes through Ephesus affects all the other churches. And these people had a great love for the Lord Jesus Christ. Start this night by saying, This thing says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. He walks in the midst of the churches. He knows his church. And he knows you as well. Now he goes on to say, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those with those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. I know. That word there is very important. He, does, he has a first-hand observation because he's been in the church. He's observing, looking at them, and I can assure you by the word of the living God that God knows you as well. <laughs> Sometimes we use that term, I know where you live. <laughs> he knows you personally. 
Even if you don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus knows you. And at every point, you can make a decision to come into a relationship with the Lord Jesus. I know you. They had, I mean, the church was born in mighty deeds, miracles. And as soon as they were born into the kingdom of God, they got busy. So he says, I know your works. Now, when he says, I know your works, uh, you see, it, you, can, you can take, and, and he knows all of us are works as well. You see, you see, it's one thing to be saved. It's another thing to be involved in serving the Lord. There are two different things. When we think of work, when you talk of works, don't think of works to earn your salvation. No, you cannot do that. You cannot earn anything from, from God. That has already been provided. Your, your new birth, healing, etc. Redemption. But he says, I know your works. Now, I like how Jesus does it. He, if, if he's going to correct somebody or the church, he starts from the positive standpoint. And it's the same. If you're going to com co correct somebody, he starts from what is there that is good about these people, about this person, before he gets into it. I know your works. And for some people, uh, it, it, can, it can come... And you might feel bad about yourself. But if you are not, you see, the most important thing, you see, really what will count in eternity is the thing that you have done for the Lord and with your life. We are saved to love the Lord, to walk with him, and then also to partner with him in his great plan of redemption to see the world coming back to the Lord. I know your works. I know your works. Notice, he says, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear with those who are evil. Now, your labor, that's, that's a very, very a term that in, in, indicates hard work for God. I pray when your life wraps up, may it be testified. May your testimony be that look like the Apostle Paul. I have run the race that was set before me. I have finished my course. Now it's laid out for me a crown of righteousness. And that crown is not only for me, the Apostle Paul said, but to all those who love is up here. I know your works. I know your works. Lost something here. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Your patience. Now, patience means consistency. And, and Apostle John used that earlier in chapter 1 as well. It, it's, 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 a, it's an idea is like a military term where the military stands their ground and refuse to give, the, give up their position. So, you see, so, so many times, it's easy to give up. It's easy to throw in the towel. It's easy to, to, to start the Christian race very well, and then when things get difficult, or sometimes the pull of the world, sometimes things that come up, it's easy to lose your ground, or when you're going to a test or a trial. But he says, I know your patience. 
I know your consistency. I know that you refuse to give up your position no matter what comes up. I know that you stand strong for me. I know that you, you, are, you may be going through difficult times sometimes, but you have not given up your position. You see, in this Christian life, in this walk with the Lord, consistency is the key. I'll say it again. In this life and walk with the Lord, consistency is the key. Anybody can start. But it's how well you finish. Anybody can start the year on a high note with all the goals, with all the dreams. But people that accomplish things are people that stay with God no matter what. I pray in the name of Jesus, no matter what you may be faced with, no matter the challenge, maybe you are the point of giving up. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, this morning receive strength to persevere. Receive strength to continue. In the name of Jesus, may you not give up. In Jesus' mighty name, may you not give up. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Then he goes on to say that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And have found them liars. Now that word test is like how do you check some precious metal, metal like gold. And determine whether it's genuine or it's false. Now. We just saw the strategic location of Ephesus. It was very strategic because uh, if people came through Ephesus and received approval from there and they went through, then with that approval, they could go into all the other churches. So he's saying that, look, doctrinally you are very strong when people come through and claim to be apostles, you test them, and you, some of the, I mean, you found them that they are not what they are, I mean, the truth in. And you see, in these days and times, and as the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ draws closer and closer, deception and falsehood will continue to increase. So we have to be very cautious. It says you've tested them, and they are not. So he, he, look at all the commendations. He commends them for all the good things. He says, and you found them liars. But you see, if they are, they are false apostles, they are also true apostles. Apost an apostle just means a messenger. Someone who is sent on a special mission. But this church... He says that you tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and you found them liars. And he says you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Are you tempted sometimes to become weary? Do you grow tired? Maybe tired just from working. Just the routines of life. You, are, you get to a place where you grow tired. Or do you grow tired or weary sometimes also from just working for God? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sometimes I have to watch that. 
You see, for me, when I became a Christian, I, I, that sense of being half in, half out, I never had it. I was, I was I just all in. So right from my teenage years, I've been working for God. Amen. And you can, you, at every stage in your life, you can find an opportunity to serve the Lord. From high school through college, after college, marriage, kids, that's me. Because you can always have a reason why you cannot work for God or serve the Lord. I'm busy, kids, school, work. There is always a reason. And you see, people that keep putting it off, you see, it's like, oh, when, when this happens, then I'll be more engaged in the things of God. They never get there. You keep postponing it and pushing it out. When this happens, then I'll do, I'll do that. When this happens, when, but then we realize one year is come and gone. May you be delivered from that in the name of Jesus, if you're like that. So, he says, you have not become weary. You can become weary. They were very busy working for God. Planting churches, reaching out to people, all these things. And Jesus commends them for that. But he says, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Now, this, this can easily happen. Now, how do, how do people get, how do we people sometimes get to that state? Now, you can get too busy. What, what if one of the first things that happens is, is, like for a church like this, they are the first generation. They got the very miraculous mighty move of God. And as that wanes off and, 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 and the church becomes normal and it settles into its routines, the next generation that comes, usually they may not have experienced what happened to give birth to the church. So with time, they, they, they settle into that and the awe, the love that they have for the Lord begins to wane. Because they are not used to that level of experience. And they just settle in and it just becomes a routine. Church life becomes routine. The other piece is, you get too busy for working for God that you actually lose the reason or the person, the love of the person that you are supposed to be serving. Two, two ladies were working in a factory and one of them got married. So the other person saw the other one and then said, oh, I, what, are you not working? They said, no, I'm, I'm working. I mean, right. And he said, no, I'm married. So they were a stay-at-home mom. She got, first got married. When the husband leaves the house, um, give him a hug and a kiss, send him out of home. By the time the husband comes, she's done everything she's supposed to do. In fact, maybe working more than when she was working in the factory. You wives know what I'm talking about sometimes. <laughs> we just had Mother's Day. <laughs> and and um, it continues for a while. And with time, 
the work that she is doing at home, she loses that first awe and love that she has for that. And the husband comes home and says, hey, welcome home. Or leaves, okay, see, we'll, see, we'll see you later. So the work has now taken the place of the love. When two people, uh, pastor says, well, we'll say, return to your pastor. Pastor, are you saying you should return to the first person that captured our heart? No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> they say, would. <laughs> Give it on Jesus. <laughs> but, 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 but you see, that, that you can get to the place where the all, oh, when you remember when you first got saved. Remember when you first had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. When two people are dating, I mean, they cannot wait to be in each other's presence. So remember, he says, ah, these are all good things. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love, or literally, you have left the love of your first, the first one that you have. And you see, in these days and times, God is looking for a people that love him with all, with their all. In fact, that's the first and greatest commandment. God is looking for people that are all in. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew 22, verse 37. One time, a certain lawyer came to Jesus and he was asking me a question. He said, what is the great, greatest commandment in the law? And what is the, you tell me, what is the greatest commandment? All these, like 600 of them. Summarize it for me, Jesus. Maybe it's a question that you have. Summarize it for me. Jesus answered and said, to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor Ask yourself, on these two commandments hung all the law and the prophets. All of them hung on this one. Love on these two. Love the Lord. If it's not in place, nothing else will fall in place. <laughs> oh, that just came right out of my spirit. <laughs> If it is not in place, nothing else will be in place. This thing wants to fall apart. I'm going to preach regardless. <laughs> I'm just getting started. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so happy. I'm so excited. I just love the Lord. If, if the love question is not said, then nothing else is in place. I'm telling you. 
Oh, but when you love Jesus, he says all this to it hangs on there. It's like a curtain rod. Everything hangs on these two. He's summarizing for this for this lawyer the whole thing. On these two commandments, hang all the law and the prophet, no matter what you are doing, if it's not in place, Jesus will tell you you have something against you. <laughs> Love the Lord. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> That's what makes the difference. People that love the Lord. Well, all through, it, 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 it affects even their generations. Oh, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will settle this love thing. The love of the Lord. Notice the Apostle Paul. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He says in Romans 8 37, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come nor height, nor dead, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. Nothing. These are difficult things in the prayer verses that he talks about. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Nothing. <laughs> the least thing, so some people, sometimes. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about this Jesus but not Paul nothing will be able to separate me from the love of Christ you cannot preach and you cannot preach you talk about Jesus next thing you talk about Paul <laughs> this is a secret and this can be your secret as well. Nothing will separate me from the love of Christ. No matter what comes up, I am standing my ground. I have made that decision. And I will not let anything move me from that position. I will not let anything come between me and the Lord. I've settled. I've decided. I've made my choice. I've made my decision. Nothing will separate me from the love of Christ. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. It makes all the difference. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Love the Lord with your all. 
all in. All out for God. Not holding anything back. <laughs> That's what makes the difference. He said these people have left that first love. They've got, sometimes they've gotten used to it. They've set it into a routine. But in the name of the Lord Jesus, I see your love for God being rekindled in the name of Jesus. I see your love for God being kindled, rekindled in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh my God. It affects your generations. It affects the People that come after you. Notice what the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 about this issue. He says, Therefore know that the Lord your God, he is God. The faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him. A thousand generations and keeps his commandment he to those who hate him to their face to destroy them, he will not be slack with them who hate him. He will repay him to his face. He said, Therefore, you shall keep the commandment, the statute, and the judgment which I command you today and to observe them. Thousand generations. You want your generations to make it? If Jesus doesn't come, this, this is here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When you love the Lord, you will do anything for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you love the Lord, you give him your life first, you will do anything for the Lord. I tell you. It's such a glorious life. <laughs> People that left their mark in history, sometimes you may not even know them. When you get to heaven, you will find out. <laughs> oh my God. They have lost their first. May your passion for the Lord Jesus Christ be rekindled. Just remember. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we got to go through this. There's a lot here. <laughs> Let's keep going. So, how do you resolve this? The key to returning to your first love, the first thing he tells them to do is to remember. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. The idea there is to have like a memorial. So Revelation chapter 2 says, remember, that's the key, the key to restoring your passion for the Lord. Remember therefore from where you are fallen. Go to that memorial. Go to that, 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 that place. Remember, bring it to mind. Where you are fallen. Falling is like the, the you falling is like a, a dead corpse. 
So the first thing is to remember. Remembrance is very key to getting back to the Lord. Remember your first love. Where you are fallen. Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 77 verse 11. Thank you Lord Jesus. Psalm 77 verse 11. He says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. I will remember. That's a conscious act. You see, love is not a feeling. Well, if you abandon love, your first love, it's a conscious decision that you make by an act of your will to abandon. So to return and come back, it has to be a same conscious decision to bring and bring back to mind. Lord, I will remember your works, the psalmist says. I will remember your wonders of old. I will, med also, I will also meditate on all your work and talk of all of your deeds. Remember when he delivered you. Remember when he saved you. Remember when he, where he picked you up from. Remember, remember the works of the Lord. Remember from where you are fallen. Remember who you used to be. Oh, somebody is saying, I never used to be anything. I'm down, I'm, 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 you can start. Remember from where you are fallen. How you used to love the Lord. How you used to be involved. How you used to be engaged. And some reasons you no longer are. But today is a new day for you. Today is a new day for you. Today is a new day for you. Thank you Lord Jesus. Glory be to the name of the Lord. Then he says, where you are fallen, then the, then the, the, and, 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 and he says, repent. We talked about repentance the last time on Wednesday. What does repentance mean? That's a huge word. Repentance is at the core of the gospel. Jesus talked about repentance. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Mark chapter 1, verse 14 to 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mark 1, 14 to 15. Notice what the Bible says. He says that, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe it's in the gospel. It means to make a turnaround. Stop going in this direction and come back in this direction. About turn. It's different from remorse. Repent. Jesus preached that. You see, there is no gospel without repentance. That, that we talk about is that the, the, the gospel changes our lives. It transforms our lives. Jesus, in Mark 2, 17, said, when Jesus said, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Sinners to repentance. Change your mind. 
change the direction that you are going in the mighty name of the lord jesus maybe you have been going a certain direction oh but you are saying pastor i want to give my life to the lord i want to totally surrender to the lord i want to change my mind i want to change the direction that i'm going in repent i've come to cause sinners to repentance not to keep them there to cause them to let their lives to be changed peter preached repentance act 38 right after the holy spirit came Repent. Change. Somebody said, if you want to change, make a change. You want to change? Make a change. Make a change. And the change has to start from the inside. The Apostle Paul preached repentance. Acts chapter 20. To 21, Act 26, 16. I've been called to preach repentance. I've made you a minister. Repent. So Jesus comes to them. You see, everything that he does is for our good. Even when he's correcting us, it's for our good. When you correct a child, it's not because you hate them. You want them to turn out right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and he says, repent and do the first works. That's the next point. And, 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 that, and, 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 and the, the thought there is, like, for instance, when a, child is, when a child is doing something, and initially you tell them, please, stop. You're good parents. Then you, after a while, you say, stop. If they don't stop. Then you raise your voice a little bit. At that point, they know something else is coming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So he's saying, repent and do your first works and do it now. Go back to those words. Remember how you used to love the Lord. How going into the house of God was not a bother. Seven in God's house, telling somebody about Jesus, giving. All these things, go back to them. Remember how you used to this, oh Lord, I just can't wait to be in your presence. To be with you. To be with your people. Oh, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. So he says, repent and do the first works. Go back to it. Or else. <laughs> so to restore our first love, first remember. Repent, do the first works. What, what, what did I used to do? When I was closer to the Lord, what were some of the things that I used to do that I'm not doing now? You see, like I said, consistency is, is the key in, in, the, in the Christian walk. He says, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. 
Now, he's writing to a church. He's not writing to an individual. And sometimes you, you, you see things like that happen. Like if you go to Ephesus right now, uh, pretty much there are no Christians. And all you see is just the ruins. So they didn't fix it. So with time, gone. The alarm stand is gone. And then, to maintain or get back to your first love, the other thing to do is don't compromise. Don't compromise. Now, he says, verse 6, But this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now, the Nicolaitans were a group of people. Now, these people had come out of temple worship, pagan worship. So, so these Nicolaitans said that, look, it's okay for you to go to church, but after you go to church, come and join us to do all these pagan rites and idols. So don't, don't go to church and all that, but mix it with the lifestyle of the world. Mix it with the lifestyle of the world. Don't be all in. It's, you can go to church, but when, as soon as you get out of church, we are here waiting for you. Come and join us and do all the things that we do as part of our pagan worship. And that is the greatest temptation of our day. To identify with Christ, but not to be totally separated from the world. So are there things in your life, places that you go to that you are tempted to go back to your lifestyle that you have said, look, this lifestyle, I have left it. I'm not going back to it. But there is that temptation to compromise. It starts as a very subtle process. Before your first love, you leave it. But in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, take that decisive, decisive action. That I will not go back. I will not go back. I have made a decision for God. I will not let anyone or anybody take me from that path. Somebody say, said, what you compromise to keep, you eventually will lose. you eventually lose it. Be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the king had made an image and said everybody should bow, they said we are not going to bow. You put us in there. We will not bow. They put them in there, and the king got a shock. He wiped his face and said, what, what? Put three people in here. <laughs> but I see four people lose. I put them in their bound. Now I see them lose. If you don't bow, you will not bend. I said, if you don't bow, you will not bend. But if you compromise, you eventually lose. And so many times we are presented with an opportunity to compromise. But in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
you will stand. He said, but this you have. Now he switched back to commending them. That you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Which I also hate. He doesn't hate the Nicolaitans. He hates their deeds. There's a difference. <laughs> and the Ephesians had taken a stand. That look, we are all out for God. Oh, I pray you will be that person that will say no matter the direction that the world goes in, if the world goes against God's word and his principles in my generation, even if I'm the only person, I will stand for God. You see, the Bible says that, look, you see, we're we're talking about the majority is not always right. He says that there are so many people on the road that leads to hell. And so many people are on there. And the road that leads to life. There are few people that are on there. So does it mean that the majority that are on the way to hell are on the right road? No. No. (laughs) No. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You will stand for God in this generation. I said you will stand for God in this generation. I said you will stand for God in this generation. And verse 7, he wraps up and says, Who has an ear? Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Glory. God told Adam and Eve, look, there were two trees, the tree of life and then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He never told them not to eat of the tree of life. He just said, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's the one they chose. And later on, he's saying, you see, that was God's plan. God he didn't say you shouldn't, shouldn't eat of it. He says eventually he's going to give those who overcome access to it. God's plan and purpose was that, look, I will come, I will fellowship with you. We'll partake of this together. Never got to that point. Oh, but he says to him who overcomes, that means that it's possible to overcome. He won't tell you that if, if, to the person that overcomes, if there's no possibility to overcome. Aha. It's possible to overcome. No matter what you are confronted with, I can assure you by the word of the living God, you can overcome. Somebody is saying, my back is against the wall. Somebody is saying, I don't know which direction to turn. I don't know what to do. I can assure you by the word of the living God, you can overcome. I said 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 you can overcome. And as a matter of fact, I see you overcoming. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. When the pressure is on. And you are tempted to throw in the towel. The pressure from friends. The pressure from the world. The pressure from the circumstance. The pressure from the situation. And you are saying, oh my Lord, I cannot continue. Oh Jesus says to you, you can overcome. Oh my God. John chapter 16. Let's wrap up with that. John 16. 
Verse 33 says, These things are spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Thank God his victory was our victory. He won the battle for us. He has overcome the world with it test, it trial, the pressure. Thank God somebody came down here. He sits, he sits where you sit and he's overcome. And the one who overcomes, I will give access to the tree of life. You are that overcomer in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are not defeated or it's not over till you say it's over. Concerning any area of your life. Oh, but this morning Jesus is saying to us, Remember, repent, do the first works, don't compromise, make a stand, and don't move from your position. If you lost, if you lost that first love, that first passion, that you have for me. Go back to it. I have something better for you. Than what you have right now. In Jesus name. Let's pray. Thank you Lord. We trust this podcast was a blessing. Subscribe for more messages like these. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. We would love to hear from you. Email us at info at wordmissionchurchinternational.org We will love to equip you in daily walk. So sign up for devotionals and encouragement at www.wordmissionchurchinternational.org. You may reach us at 719-235-5535.